0: Good morning again, everyone. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Good morning. Smart on campus. Love you guys. Everybody connecting with us online. We are happy that you've connected there. We are continuing a series today called Breaking Bad Habits. And I want to give you a fair warning, parents with young children, this is a PG-13 message today. So at Smyrna Campus, anybody listening online, if you've got young kids in the room, you might want to think about getting them some other activity or something to do or taking them to class uh, for that age group. Uh, Because here at Lakeshore, we deal with the hard things, the things that we don't talk about, the things we cover up sometimes. And uh, today we're talking about the habit of lust and uh, how it's wreaking havoc on our culture, on our society today. Uh, So I just wanna give you fair warning before we get into it and uh, you can make your own decision as parents about whether or not you're gonna have your kids in for this message. Have you ever seen an episode of the show Hoarders? You know, hoarders? People just, they they go in and they, they see their home and it's just piled up wall to wall, the whole floor is covered, all the furniture is covered with stuff that has accumulated now it's different for different ones I never watched the show regularly I only saw parts of a few episodes but my first thought with a few scenes I saw on that show was how did it ever get to that point I mean I know it didn't start that way nothing starts that way how did it ever get to the place that they were okay with this in their lives and I know there's a lot of things involved. Every situation's a little different. But, but here's what we know about the human psyche and human nature. That didn't happen overnight. And what happens is, is the more exposure you have to clutter or to garbage or to whatever it is, the more accustomed you get to it. And the more you feel okay with it. And the more you even think it's normal over time I saw a few of the endings of some of the hoarder stories and every time the people would express something similar to this I didn't see any problem with it and the reason I bring that up is because Satan is such a great deceiver he's such a a manipulative being and creature He knows our human psyche very well. And he knows he couldn't just start full out attacking us with the worst of things. He knows for most of us it needs to be a gradual process to get us to this place. Where we're no longer honoring God or honoring our marriages or honoring our relationships the way we should. And we're no longer able to experience the joy and the fulfillment that God wants us to experience. It's usually a gradual process process. And when it comes to lust, it usually starts with something sometimes unintended. Sometimes you didn't expect it at all. You weren't looking for it. You weren't planning for it in any way. See, that's the thing with bad habits is they don't usually start even with intention to do anything bad. It kind of just begins to happen a little bit and you begin to feel comfortable with it. And then what happens is, is that bad habit can become a regular thing. And then it's such a regular thing, it can become, and here's what Satan wants, it can become a spiritual stronghold in your life that rips apart your relationship with a holy God. It keeps you from having that closeness with him. And Satan wants that more than anything for all of us. He wants to separate us from that close relationship with a God who loves us. Paul said this to Christ followers in Galatians 5 and verse 16. He says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So God's design, God's will, is that when we come to Christ, He gives us this amazing gift. His Spirit comes to make His home in us, to dwell in us. And the Spirit, He is there. That's God. That's the presence of God. He is there to guide our steps, to lead us down the path that brings the greatest joy. See, that's what God wants. He's not wanting to keep you from anything good. He's not wanting to keep you from anything that will be a blessing to you or to others through you. He wants to give you good things. And so the Spirit, if we're led by the Spirit, Directed by the Spirit, the Spirit will only lead us to the good things. But He says there's this other option that we all have, and that's to be led by the flesh. The flesh, you know, is is that physical nature that the Bible refers to it as a sinful nature in all of us. That when we allow the flesh to lead us, it takes us down that path of sin. And sin takes us to destruction and death every time. That's that's the only way that path ends up, is destruction and death. That's, That's the path of sin. So if we follow the flesh, it leads us to that place. But if we follow the Spirit and the leading of the Spirit, it leads us to a better place. So we have to make a choice daily. Who are we going to allow to lead us? What are we going to allow to lead us? now here's the thing we've been learning about bad habits the only way to truly get rid of a bad habit for good is not only to fight against the bad habit but it is to replace it with something better because if you only get rid of the bad habit it leaves this void that needs to be filled and certainly lust is one of the strongest forces in that realm That if you get rid of that which you've been lusting after, it leaves this huge void in your life that you desire to have filled. And you will look for ways to fill that void, which can lead you right back into those things that Satan is trying to take you down that path to that are destructive. You see, the Bible says the enemy comes only to kill, to destroy, to... to to rip apart that which is good in the eyes of God. That's the work of the enemy. And he can use lust in our lives to take us down that path to that destruction and that death. So let's start, let's define lust for just a moment. It's it's been defined this way, an insatiable craving to gratify your fleshly desires by seeking to satisfy a legitimate desire in in an illegitimate way. That's kind of wordy. It's a little bit hard to to follow maybe basically if you bring it down to to just the very basics it's a strong desire that can sometimes be overwhelming and take control that's what lust is okay so the word lust is, is something that applies to a lot of different things scripturally you can lust after wealth you can lust after power Right? There, there are different things that can cause you to have this insatiable appetite to have those things. But for the purpose of this message, and because of the culture we're in right now, we're going to focus specifically on sexual lust today. Because, friends, this is rising to be the biggest epidemic, pandemic, whatever term you want to use in our country, far greater than covid could ever think about being and the destructive nature of this hideous deception of Satan that's destroying so many lives today it is getting to the point that it's overwhelming people now in this struggle we have with lust I want you to understand something about it uh, and this is universal you could go to anywhere in the world, you could go to any time in history, and this has been a problem. You could go to any group, any ethnic group, any, any uh, race, any, uh, any gender, it doesn't matter uh, what age, it doesn't matter what economic level you're on, this affects everybody everywhere around the world. So we're not just talking about something that affects a few people. It affects you and it affects me. And Satan's desire is to use it against every one of us. That's his ultimate goal. Is to use this lusting to take us down this path of destruction. I love what one pastor said. I stole this from him. He said, it's depressing to realize that most of us are like the rest of us. <laughs> that's kind of depressing isn't it we've all got a little bit of this tendency in us to follow after the flesh we all have that nature in us the sinful nature and so satan wants to use that against us instead of allowing us to be led by the spirit now before I go any further, I want to I let you know I did at the very first of this series let you know that I based this series on a book by a pastor friend named Steve Poe. It's called Creatures of Habit. Uh, Rick told me that we now have this in the bookstore. We've got some copies in the bookstore today. So if you want to pick up one of these books, uh, you could stop by there. I think it's like $14, something like that. You could pick up one of these books. And Steve would appreciate me promoting that and selling some books today. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's a good book. But a lot of what we talk about is not going to be in the book, but we've taken it as the path, as, as a guideline to use for the message, the messages in this series. So since I've defined what lust is, let me tell you what it's not. Okay? I think we need to be clear on this. Lust is not noticing someone's appearance just right at first. It's normal to see someone and say, that person's attractive. And there's nothing sinful about that nothing evil about that uh you know it's it's something that you know some of us have that curse people just look at us and think wow you know <laughs> and some of us do not <laughs> right? Right? And they, it's true, beauty's in the eye of the beholder a lot of times. So, you know, everybody's got these different things, that, that, different people that they say, oh, that's an attractive person. That's not sin. Billy Graham once said this, the first look is not what gets most of us in trouble. It's the second and third that usually causes the problem, right? It's when you don't just say, oh, that's an attractive person and go on with your life. It's when you go to the next step. And the next step, when you start lusting in your mind after that person john maxwell said this lust is a thought that i entertain cherish or hold on to that if i did what i'm thinking it would clearly be sin did you catch that it's where you're entertaining thoughts not just that's an attractive person but now the thoughts have gone to something else it's gone to activity it's gone to action that if you actually follow through on it would be sinful And we excuse ourselves by saying, but I don't do it. I've I've never taken that. I've never crossed that line. But remember the theme verse for this whole series, be transformed by the renewing of your what? Why is that such a big deal? It's because the mind is an amazing thing. The human brain is amazing in the way God designed it. But here's the thing about the human brain. It controls every activity of the human body down to every last little detail. So whatever is going on in the brain is translated into the actions of the body. So if we are training the brain a certain way, it will lead to the response of the body that direction, that way. So the more time we linger on those lustful thoughts, the more influence it has over the transforming that into the actions of the body. You see the danger there the danger is it will lead to action of some kind somewhere down the road it's just a matter of time someone said it this way thought is simply action in rehearsal you get that he went on to say listen if you rehearse the idea of inappropriate actions over and over in your mind it's only a matter of time before you will act those things out it's only a matter of time if you keep rehearsing it in your mind before you start acting it out some way and it's not always totally destructive right up front it's not that's the danger of it because it leads to the destruction gradually deceptively oftentimes over a long period of time James spoke to this process in James 1.13. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. You see where this path takes us? Right? It produces action that leads to death over time. That's the deceptiveness of the process and God doesn't ever put thoughts in our minds that will lead us down that path that's not the work of the spirit that's not the leading of the spirit ever you can know if you're looking at something or listening to something that is causing you to have sinful thoughts in your mind that can never be from God or the spirit of God ever God doesn't do it that way he's not ever going to try to lead us into sin who's behind that every time Satan is, every time. Satan is behind that effort to get us to think in a way that leads to sin. The problem is we give birth to that sin when we start rationalizing our behavior. Uh, That's what it comes down to. Everybody I have ever ministered to that had a failing in their marriage starts out by saying, I rationalized what I was doing. I told myself it was okay. You see, you don't normally end up doing anything that you haven't convinced yourself it's okay to do. And so the deception is you start rationalizing why it's okay for you to do what you're doing. Think what you're thinking, participate in what you're participating in. You start thinking of reasons that it's okay for you to do that. And usually it's, you know, and I hear this so often, I never intended to hurt anyone well of course not on the front end of course you didn't intend to hurt anybody but you have now right that's where it led you it's time we learn that on the front end right it's time we stop allowing ourselves to be deceived on the front end so that we don't bring that hurt that destruction on the back end Paul speaks in Romans 1 of those who have allowed Satan to deceive and lead them down this path. And here's how he describes them and God's response to them. He says in verse 26, Because of this, their sinful behaviors, their choices to go to sin, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. The problem with lust, and we'll talk more about it in this message, is that the front end is never as ugly or evil or harmful as the back end, ever. But lust will take you down a path that leads you to say things and do things and act in ways that you never intended on the front end. You'll end up participating in things that you never intended to have in your life at all, that you know are outside of the will of God without any exception. That's how harmful this is. This struggle's been around forever. Some of you can remember if you're a little older, your first exposure to something that caused you to lust. Maybe you, you may remember that for me, Sears catalog, right? Cause we didn't have anything like what we have today, right? You could flip to a section there, the women's section in the Sears catalog as a little kid and you could see women in their underwear in that section. If you were lucky as a young man, you might find a National Geographic magazine laying around, right? And there are pictures in there maybe of other cultures where they're not as modest in their dress as they are in our culture or used to be (laughs) in our culture. So it could cause you to have these feelings that you get that are exciting, they're stimulating. And it seems like there's this mixed emotion you feel. You may not can remember back that far, but if you can, there is this mixture of emotions with a little bit of shame, but a little bit of excitement both at the same time with that. Now, God put that there, that, that feeling of this doesn't feel quite right. He put that there for our good, but Satan put the other part there for our temptation, that trying to use it. Now, God wants us to be excited about the right things, too. I'll talk more about that. But... At the same time, Satan wants to use it against us. Now, that's the way it used to be. And then magazines came along, right, that were more explicit. Uh, magazines like Playboy and other things like that, where you had to have a magazine to look at. And, you know, those would usually be hidden away somewhere. You'd have to search for them. And a lot of you found your, your dad's stash along the way, right, and, and you started looking at those, or you found it in somebody, you know, the uncle's house that you were over at, you know, or a friend's house, and or a friend brought a, you know, something out of a magazine and showed it to you. And, and I'm talking about girls boys here it happened to girls too okay where they thought that's what that was supposed to be like too right so it's playing on their minds just like it is the guys minds and friends lust was a problem even before that listen to me even before, long before our generation just think about just think about the generation where if a woman showed her ankles it created excitement lust right because you didn't ever see that but once you see it it creates some excitement that you didn't have before so it's not a matter of the extreme of what could create lust there's a lot of things that could create lust but here's the thing that we have to come to grips with in society today I want to share some stats with you from different research organizations true research conducted online interviews with 2,000 teenagers ages 13 to 17 32 percent of them admit to intentionally accessing pornographic content online 43 percent of those said they do it on a weekly basis 74 percent of teens admitted that they have looked at something online of which their parents would not approve while only 28 percent of the parents were aware of it another study found that 87 percent of college-age men and 51 percent of college-age women were using pornography regularly The US Department of Justice, not a Christian organization in any way, said this, never before in the history of telecommunications media in the United States has so much indecent and obscene material been so easily accessible by so many minors and so many American homes with so few restrictions. The internet changed everything. It started with the desktop computers. Right? If you could get some a computer off away from everybody and you could knew how to get online, you could access pornography on that online computer there. But then we got laptops that made it easier to move it around and hide a little bit. But the number one tool for accessing porn today is cell phone. And we're putting them in the hands of our kids at the age of 8, 9, and 10 years old. Saying, here, take this, have fun with it, play your games on it. You know what online pornography producers are always trying to do? Is somehow connect that kid to something pornographic. That is what they are making billions of dollars a year off of. Is getting people to go click on that image that takes them there. And creates that lust in their lives, in their minds, in their hearts. It's not just the kids, by the way. This is true for any age, anywhere around the world that has access to this i'm not saying we need to destroy our cell phones might not be a bad idea in some cases for some people but what i'm saying is we've got to realize what's happening and be honest about it and quit putting our heads in the sand and acting like everything's okay because it's not okay today It's taking now, it's been around long enough now that it is taking a huge long-term toll on our whole culture in ways that they're just now beginning to understand and be able to measure and track. And it's worse than anybody ever thought, much more quickly than anybody ever thought it was going to happen. I just yesterday when I was working on finishing up the message I I saw a report online from WKRN news that said almost every student has a smart device with access to social media this is from uh, teachers and and, uh, workers in the schools but what you see as a parent scrolling your child's page may not tell the entire story parents are definitely shocked completely and utterly shocked when they find out what their kids do and know said deputy autumn wood The school resource officers for Charlotte Middle School and Dixon explain salacious sharing on social media is happening more and more. The kids don't see the risk of it at this moment, but we as adults know it's not good. Deputy Holly Melton, the SRO for Burns Middle School, says a 7th grader is not a typical 7th grader anymore, and that's just the world that we're in now. She's warning parents about one of the most common tricks kids use to hide inappropriate behavior and pictures. They create burner accounts on all of the different apps their main account will have things that are very sweet and innocent what i see is a lot of bible verses and quotes and stuff like that but on the secret accounts you've got tiktok dancing in short shorts and crop tops and they're 10 years old melton said that parent control apps like life 360 bark m spy and norton scan children's phone activity for potential safety concerns and they notify parents so melton said monitor 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 Check for hidden profiles by clicking on their account settings from the kid's phone. See if they toggle between profiles. Talk to your student about the consequences of sharing sexually explicit photos with their classmates. When children send pictures of themselves to someone else, you become somebody in possession of child pornography. The things they post online are going to follow them for the rest of their lives, and they may even have criminal consequences. Let's just hand our kid a cell phone and let them go with it. That's where we are in our culture, in our society. And parents had better wake up and get really involved with their children's lives and what they're accessing online. And we better set a better example for them maybe than we've been setting ourselves with what we are allowing to have access to our heart and our minds and our lives. Here's the thing that's so deceptive about lust. It can never deliver what it promises. It never has been able to and never will be able to deliver what it seems to promise you. You expect just great ecstasy to be repeated over and over again. But here's the problem about lust. Lust creates an insatiable appetite for more. Now that we have the technology to really go into and examine the human brain a little bit more Here's what we found The effect of lust looking at those images and lusting after them is very very similar to cocaine On the brain It stimulates these pleasure things in the brain But here's the problem You look at that several times and you don't get the same result anymore So what do you have to do? Like with drugs you got to get something stronger, something different, something... So it leads you to something else. It leads you to something else. And it gets more and more perverted the further down the path you go to what you're taking into your mind and into your heart on a regular basis. And the mind controls what? The actions. And you keep putting that in your mind, and over time, it changes how you think about acting. Now, I want to get to very quickly at the end some steps to take but I wanted to share something with you that I think is one of the best tools you can use so I want you to write it down we're going to put it on the screen it's an organization called fight the new drug and they have a website called fight I want you to watch just a brief clip they've got several videos on there here's what I like most about this organization listen you might take this the wrong way but I want you to understand why it's important this organization is not a Christian organization It's just an organization started by some college students who saw what was happening to their friends and the destruction that was happening in our culture and said, we need to do some studies and we need to look at the science and we need to try to do something about this because it's tearing up our culture, our society. And so they started this, and on this website, they go to the science. It doesn't matter if it's religiously based or not. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just the pure science. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on, and here's how it's affecting people. I want you to watch this brief clip from Clay Olson, one of the co-founders of Fight the New Drug. We started
1: Fight the New Drug back in 2009. We had no idea that this would grow to be a global movement with over 5 million followers today. We know from the countless messages that we receive that pornography has become a real problem for real people in our society. And unfortunately, this current COVID-19 crisis has only made this issue worse. During this time of isolation for many across the globe, technology and the ubiquity of the internet has made it possible for many adults to work from home and for kids to do their schooling online. Unfortunately, with an increase in time spent on the internet at home, the world has also seen an increase in the consumption of pornography. Decades of studies from respected academic institutions have demonstrated the significant impacts of pornography consumption to individuals, relationships, and society. Additionally, there are inseparable links between pornography and the commercial sex industry and sex trafficking. Because individuals of all ages are spending more and more time on the internet and in isolation due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it is more imperative that we fulfill our mission to educate and raise awareness on the harmful effects of pornography using science, facts, and personal accounts. And that's why we need your support. So let's combine our efforts to educate individuals on the harms of pornography. To learn more about this issue and to get involved, visit ftnd.org. I
0: want you to write down the website. You think, I don't need that. Yes, you do, because you've got friends right now caught up in this that you don't even know about right now. In this room, there are people caught up in it right now. Listening online, there are people caught up in this right now. And it's gripping them tightly. And it's leading them down a path that will cause great harm to them and to others. You need to know a resource you can recommend to some people. You need to know somewhere you can go to say, look, here's the facts about this. Because here's what they tell you. Oh, this will spice up your marriage. Yeah, for a brief moment, maybe. Then it'll rip it apart. Well, this will help you be better with the dating world, right? Yeah. Until it leads you to start thinking of people as products and not people anymore. Because that's what it does to your mind. You start looking at other people differently when you're caught up in this. They are just a product to service you. That's all they are now. It's, they report on this website, decades of studies from respected institutions have demonstrated significant negative impacts of porn consumption for individuals, relationships, and society. Here, Listen to this. It's closely tied to rise to the rise in violence, to sex trafficking, to divorce, and to depression. It leads to all of that. And it is doing that to people right now people that you love and know and care about very deeply. It's happening to them right now. God loves you too much to not warn us about this and help us with this. You see, no matter what you've been involved in up to this point, and and I don't have to know, nobody has to know but you and God, but whatever you've been involved in to this point, I want you to know that there's hope and there's help and there's a way to get back to where God wants you to be. And if you're not there yet, then there's ways to put protections around you and your family and your kids where you don't go down that road ever to the harm that it can cause. So with the time that we've got left, I want us to understand what God's word says about it. In Matthew 5, there's a passage in Matthew 5 beginning with verse 27 where Jesus is teaching his sermon on the mount he says you've heard it it was said you shall not commit adultery but i tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away now i i I think i've read this passage a lot without really grasping the severity of what jesus is saying the intensity of what he's saying See, he wants us to understand the connection between the mind and the actions. When you start lusting after a woman in your mind, he says to the men in the audience there, you have already committed adultery with them where? In your heart. You you get the connection there? Okay, It, it affects you. The most inner person that you are when you start letting that happen in your mind. And... It's tied directly to the action of your life and the identity of you as a person. It literally changes your identity as a person when it gets its grip on you. Men and women, he's just dealing with men in that passage, but men and women both. It changes who you are because how you think determines who you are. You say, I'm not that person. I'd never do that. Well, you let your mind be changed enough, you'll do stuff you never dreamed you would do. Never meant to do. So, understanding that, understanding that God doesn't approve of this and that lust is a sin, that I want to give us five steps very quickly that you can take to break the habit of lust in your life or help someone else break the habit of lust in their lives. We're going to do this quickly. All right, for the sake of time here, very quickly. The first one, acknowledge your vulnerability. It's a hard word for me to say for some reason, vulnerability. Acknowledge the fact that you are susceptible to this. Oh, I've never gone there. I've never done that. Uh, Maybe more than you think. You see, it's around you all the time. You, You can't totally get away from it. And so those images that flash up, those, those scenes in the movie, they, they are recorded right there in your mind. They are. They're recorded right there in your mind. And they don't get erased once they're recorded. You could push them back by replacing it with some other things, putting other things there on top of that. But it never goes away ever completely. It's there. And so maybe you're being more influenced than you want to admit. So you have to start with admitting that you are vulnerable to this. Uh, How many in here are listening online are human? Raise your hand. Then you're vulnerable to this. Every human being in the world is vulnerable to this. Okay? Ephesians 5 3 it says but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people it's improper for us to go there in our minds so let's stop inviting it into our minds let's admit that we're vulnerable to this it can have an effect on us and that's the only reason you would take the next steps that you need to take is when you admit that you have a vulnerability in your life for this so Acknowledge your vulnerabilities. Number two, have an awareness of the consequences. Keep that in front of you all the time. An awareness of the consequences. If I do what I'm thinking about in my mind, what would be the consequences of me doing that? See, most people don't think through the consequences when they act out in sin. They're just responding in the moment. They're just being controlled by the emotion of the moment. They're not thinking it through. We've got to take more time to think about the consequences of those choices. I can give you example after example of people that have had a train wreck in their lives because they ignored lust in their lives. As a pastor, I've seen it over and over and over again. I've had friends that ignored their struggle with lust. They ended up in sexual sin. Most of them lost their jobs. Almost all of them lost their families. Almost all of them destroyed their witness as a Christ follower. Become aware of the consequences of what you're allowing your mind to think and picture and what you're taking into your mind and your heart on any regular basis at all. Job said in Job 31 verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. It's a good covenant to make, but friends, you're going you're gonna to have a battle here. It's not just a matter of, oh, I made a covenant and, you know, I swore I wouldn't do this anymore. It's more than that, it's going to require some other steps. So admit your vulnerability, be aware of the consequences. The third step is, as much as possible, avoid areas of temptation for you. As much as possible. It's not possible to Get rid of anything and everything that could create lust in your life. It's impossible. We live in a fallen world, and that stuff is around you, even if you don't want it to be. But you don't have to go there intentionally, right? You can put, they have software for your computers and cell phones that will help block porn. If you need that, you should put it on there. Here's the thing. Most of that software will hook you up with an accountability partner where if you do go to a site, it will notify them that you went to that site. Now, you got to have a good partner or accountability partner to do that with that you can trust. But just that understanding that somebody else is going to know about this is a good deterrent a lot of times. But there are other things you've got to think about, too. Uh, When do you most often do this, right? If you're viewing porn or somebody else or your child is viewing porn, when are they doing it? Well, is it at night after they're supposed to be in bed and you see the glow of the cell phone in their room and the door is closed? Are they in there looking at porn then? Because if that's when it's happening, guess what? You need to change something at home. You need to have that phone put into a basket in a public place when they go to bed instead of going to bed with the child, with the teen or the adult that's dealing with this at that time. You see, there's steps you could take to remove some of those opportunities for this to happen. If you do have a desktop computer, put it in a public place. Don't put it off in an office that they could close the door and be in there by themselves, right? Just common sense stuff, right? We do simple things at Lakeshore to help with it, too. We we do monitor things. But we also, like on office doors, we've got glass office doors right in all of our offices. Why? Because anybody can walk by any time and look in there and see what you're doing in there. We want it to be that way. We need that accountability. Churches need it. You need it. Everybody needs that in their lives. First Corinthians 10, 12 and 13 says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Listen to this. He will not let you be tempted what, beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God gives us the tools we need to have victory over this. But if you don't use the tools, it won't happen. So let's use common sense and the tools that God gives us. Let's take the steps we need to take to get this under control. The fourth thing is accept godly counsel. This goes back to that accountability I was talking about. There's a a statement in Alcoholics Anonymous, a slogan that says this, you're only as sick as your secrets. I like that because there's so much truth to it. As long as you can hide this and keep it a secret, it's much easier for Satan to get you further down the road before it all comes out. So if you have an accountability person in your life that you can't keep secrets from, it keeps you from going as far down the path. It may keep you from going down the path at all. There needs to be that godly person in your life that you share everything with. You know, there needs to be that person that you talk to when you have seen something or do see something. Sue Ann and I do this all the time. And just this past, during the past week, she knew I was going to be preaching on this. And we talked about the fact that, you know, we've got Instagram on our phones and we, we can do things on Instagram. And we use it for the church and we use it for businesses that we have and things like that. And that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. But Instagram has these reels and you can just click on the reels and the reels just pop up and you can just scroll to the next one. And you don't ever know what the next one's going to be. And guess what? The next one is some scantily clad girl just that's been convinced to do this video and tiktok videos and reels like this where it's just designed to create lust that's all it's designed to do to get attention and to create lust and they're convinced that that's good for them sometimes sometimes they're deceived into doing it thinking that it would be good sometimes they're forced into it and you don't even know it You see, this is directly connected to sex trafficking in America and around the world today. And you don't know the backstory when you click on that or watch that. You got no idea what the backstory is. So you need somebody that will hold you accountable. If you are married or you have a really good friend that's a Christ follower then here's what you need to do. You need to make your browser history, give them access to it. You say, well, they shouldn't be checking up on me. Uh, No, you're asking them to do this for you. It's not where they're making you do it. You're you're saying, I want this accountability in my life and in our relationship. You don't hide your cell phone from them. You don't hide text from them. Right? Right? It's there for them to look at anytime they want. Sue Ann can look at my phone anytime. I can look at hers anytime. We both have access, where we can unlock it and go in and look at anything there. You need somebody in your life like that too. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect and never click on something that we shouldn't click on, but at least we've got some accountability if that happens, right? We have some accountability there. So we all need some of that accountability. So acknowledge your vulnerability, be aware of the consequences, avoid areas of temptation, accept godly counsel, and that leads to a connection to what I love. One of my favorite passages is Psalm 119, 11. It says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Allow God to give you the victory that only God can give. You could put all the software protections on your computers you want to and on your cell phone. You could get an accountability partner, but friends, in your own strength, you're not going to beat this. You're not. You're going to need the power, the help of God, and the strength that only God can provide to have victory here. I want to close with this because I don't want you to lose heart. I don't want you to get too discouraged. If you've had setbacks in this area of your life, don't just keep beating yourself up. Because Satan wants you to get defeated. He he wants you to feel defeated. He wants you to throw in the towel and give up and quit trying. Just because you've been trying hard at this and haven't been successful doesn't mean you should quit trying. And if you've got a friend or you've got a coworker, or you've got a child that's been dealing with this and they failed over and over again, as long as there's life and breath in that person, never give up on them, ever because God has the power to change and transform people totally and completely, no matter where they are right now. We need to depend on him. And God in His Word says, well, here's some practical things you can do. What about this? We've talked about it with other ha- sinful habits. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Here's what He says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then He adds, whatever you've learned or received or heard from Me or seen in Me, put it into practice, and the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. We need the healing power of a God who loves us so much that He only wants what's good for us. Here's the thing. He wants you to know He created sex. He created it to be good. He created it to be enjoyed within the boundaries of a male and a female joined together in marriage. And within that boundary, here's what sex is. It's a beautiful union, not just of the flesh, but of the heart, of the emotions, of the spirit. And when done, according to God's plan, it is one of the most bonding things in a relationship that can possibly ever happen. The uniqueness, the intimacy of it, the exclusivity that it's designed to have in marriage makes the marriage bond stronger than it could ever be. And Satan knows that. And his goal is to destroy that. Don't let them have any place in your heart or your mind moving forward. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that there is an answer to this this huge struggle that our culture is facing today. But it's found in you. It's not found anywhere else because it's a sin problem. And only you have the cure for the sin problem of our lives. Father, we know that our sins cost you the life of your son on the cross. We thank you that he was willing to Have such a love for us that he would make that payment for us on our behalf. Help us not to abuse your grace by willfully choosing to go on in our sins. Help us to embrace what is right and good and pure and true and lovely. And help us to start replacing those things that shouldn't be there with the things that should be there in our lives. If there's anyone here that wants to start this walk with you, with the presence of your spirit, I pray that today they would take the step to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. They would come in response to his invitation to be baptized and they would be filled with your spirit so that they can now be led by you and your spirit, not by the flesh. Father, it's a whole new life, a life that leads to victory. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.